Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Responsible attorneys Michael Rainwater and Bob Sexton. the Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Time Sports Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two of Drive Time Sports and the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in Northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. Good afternoon, Mr. Trey Biddy. Hey, guys. Ah, I was going to see if he was going to respond. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Yeah, I knew you'd hold me accountable if I didn't play that, so <laughs> I just wanted to see if <laughs> I you're have to be properly introduced. Yeah, you have to be properly introduced. All right, so, Trey, which was it? First time out or second time out when you knew the game was over? <laughs> I, I think we agreed second time out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. First, It was only eight points at the first one. You really can't Mine was the first. Yeah. yeah. You said I was, first. I said second. We were yeah. Me and Rick were going back with uh, back and forth. I had accidentally created a group thread with uh, another Randy who had an R as a last name. <laughs> so he, was like, he chimed in, too. Yeah, you don't want to hear what he had to say. Uh, yeah. But uh, we were talking about that. Who uh, who called it? Uh, I did. I did actually point out though that I said, you know, I don't mean to my horn, and certainly not what I'm doing, but uh, that you know, Ole Miss was what 13th in the SEC in rebounding, and Arkansas would probably make them look great, and they certainly did that in the second half. They did that before the end of the first half. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're being generous. By the way, I was sure. supposed to ask this question today. Are walk-in talks only after home games? Well, no. For football, I do them after every game. You know, some of the games I travel for, some of the games I stay back for. I've kind of, over the years, I've probably lessened the amount of games that road games that I go to uh, just because, you know, in this day and age with Zoom and everything and press conferences on Zoom, I feel like I can do a lot more work. Yep. You know, versus traveling so much, but I still like to travel for games, and yep. especially if it's places I haven't been a long time. So that's usually the ones that I go to. But no, I do walk and talks. Um, you know, after every football game, and uh, I don't know that I'm going to do them after every basketball game like I did the other day, but I'll do them here and there when I'm when I'm feeling it. I guess it's it's it's. It's almost like they're more popular when things aren't going well because people view them as like therapeutic or something. So I'm sure people need them <laughs> after the basketball season. They need one last night then. Happen. Yeah, that would have been a late one. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I fear they're going to need one after this Kentucky game on Saturday. Yes, I too. agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's talk with Toby. Toby, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, I do. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, first of all, in reference to the Razorbacks, I think most of us can probably agree that the season is done and uh, must may as well wait until next year to get a whole new group of guys in. And let's not have this talk about getting rid of Musk. The man is a great coach. He's done a great job. He just missed with this group. So mm-hmm. he'll be back next year and he'll do a, a better job with a better group of guys. But the question also that I got for you, Trey, and anybody else who can answer it, I still do not understand the play called last week when Kansas City, the guy who was running the ball about a half yard from the end zone, he fumbled it, went through the end zone, they gave the ball to the other guy. Can anybody explain to me what is the logic behind that? Now I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, so that is that is the rule. If he fumble it out of the back of the end zone, it goes over the other team. 
I have thought about this before. I think it is a dramatically harsh penalty <laughs> mm-hmm. for for a fumble. You know, you can you can lose a fumble and it go over to the other team. Obviously, it, it, but I, I can understand if it's recovered. But it feels. I mean, do you guys not feel like that is such a harsh penalty for you know a fumble that technically just goes out of yes. bounds and doesn't go to anybody? Absolutely. Well, it does go to somebody. It goes to the team that gets. It goes it to the other team, but nobody yeah, recovers right. it. Yeah, that's a tough penalty. Yeah, but yeah. it turned out like it didn't it's... matter. But yeah, it could. It sure could have. Yeah, yeah. If I Buffalo kicks the field like goal and it goes one. overtime, it definitely would have mattered. But it changed, at that time, it changed the outcome of the game only because had KC scored, they're up by ten. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what a difference that would have made? Would it have forced Buffalo to throw on every down, which pretty much they did, but. Uh, on the other hand, they they did mix in the runs, whether they were called or not, from Josh Allen. So, mm-hmm. uh, who knows how much the strategy would have changed if they went up ten, as compared to clinging to that three well, yeah, point. They might have thrown all the time, and Josh Allen never runs, and and they never made another first down. That could yeah. happen too. They might not score again. Yeah. So, there's just a lot involved, but uh, nonetheless, and again, if Buffalo kicks a field goal, then you're in overtime. Probably. Well, not necessarily. There was still a minute 47 to go, so Kansas City yeah. could have scored. Yeah, Mahomes did it with 13 seconds a couple of years yeah, ago. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can know, do it again. To the caller's point on Musselman, it, it, it is amazing to see some of the stuff from from some fans on, um, you know, maybe it's time for him to go and that kind of stuff. Like, I see, you know, and, and, you know, the word disaster for this season pops in my head, too, but, like, I see stuff like he can't coach, he can't develop players. It's time for a change. The honeymoon is over. I don't think you get a divorce after the honeymoon also, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so I think you probably wasted mm. it out a little bit. Um, I even saw some stuff, you know, when he's, you know, he was asked about, uh, you know, the injured players um, after the game. And, you know, people take those comments and like, you want some wine with that cheese? I mean, what is he supposed to say? No comment? Like, he's he, he's asked the question about it. But I'll point this out about Musselman. And he's having a bad year, and you know this this team isn't gelled. And I would agree, you know, it feel, definitely feels like there's no coming back from where they are right now. Um, you know, even though they were similar record last year after six games, um, it, it has felt different the whole time. But the last time Arkansas won 28 games before Eric Musselman was 95-96. The last time they won more than 50 games in back-to-back years was 94-95 and 95-96. The last time they finished ranked in the top 25 in back-to-back seasons was 97-98 and 98-99. The last time they went to the NCAA tournament in three consecutive seasons was 05-06 through 07-08. The last time they advanced to the Sweet 16 in three consecutive seasons or more was 92-93 and then all the way through 95-96. They did it four times with Nolan. No other Arkansas coach has done that. Um, and the last time uh, they met it to back-to-back elite eights was 93-94, 94-95. That doesn't just happen because you're lucky. You know, that's a proven track record that the guys put together at Arkansas. I've defended him before uh, on what he is as a coach, in my opinion, and he's having a a stinker of a year, and it happens sometimes. Coach K had some – stinker years yeah you know and including the one before he uh his last year uh, it happens and so it's unfortunate it stinks nobody likes it i, I dislike it as much as everybody else um but some of the stuff i hear about muscleman like i mean I, th- I and i hate to put it all on the players but uh, you know and it is the team he assembled uh but guys come on now let's the odds are if muscleman isn't the coach here you know, there's a stronger likelihood you're going to get somebody worse. Exactly. Yeah, I, you can't get on the coach on a year like this. As I've said before, Frank Broyles would have never survived social media. You know, because yeah. you, you think about it, in the decade of the 60s, they won more than everybody in college football except Alabama and Texas won like two or three more than Arkansas did. But in 1963, they went 5-5 five and five when they were picked to win the conference. And in 1967, after winning the conference two of the last three years and going 8-2 and two and 66, they went 4-5-1. and one. Under today's standards, they'd have been all over him for that. In 68, they won 10 games, and in 69, they won 9, and were ranked number two for a while. You just, Musselman, you pointed it out, Trey, in his, the last three years, 
he's won more than all the other coaches between he and Nolan combined in the NCAA tournament. Isn't that what you hope to do? Yeah, yeah. And they're not they're not going to make the tournament this year. I mean, I think no, we all see not. the writing on no. the wall here. It may, it may not make the NIT. But uh, it is, uh, you know, it's a year. He's, you know, if this was following up, you know, a year like that before and then a mediocre year before that, okay, I can understand that. But, uh, you know, when the guy has put in and put it, you know, produced results, then, uh, you know, I think that there's there's reason to allow some grace and uh, understand that, yeah, this, nobody, nobody likes this right now. Nobody's happy. But, um, you know, to talk about getting rid of Musselman, I think, is just, Way over the top. Is I do think that doing you know that you, you have to be an idiot well, I mean, to think that way. Well, because of this there, year, there are fans that talk like that. You know, people are frustrated. It's, it's right after Attention a game. It's emotional. Attention, it's all emotional. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's certainly some talk amongst some fans like that. I think most, you know, people who understand, you know sports and collegiate sports and watch and you know who are probably watching Razorback basketball before Musselman got them interested in the first place probably um, probably understand you know what's going on I do think that you're going to see a pretty big roster overhaul now we've seen it the whole time that he's bigger than we've ever seen <laughs> so yeah it could be like we've you know, seen 11 if you're saying bigger than yeah. ever we've seen 11 I know. Did I was about to say, like, that? I mean, he's pretty well known for doing that. But I, I wouldn't surprise me to see that matched, you know, 11, 10, mm-hmm. yeah, something like I that. Can, yeah, I think so, too. You know, you got a couple of high school recruits coming in, obviously, or it would yeah. be part of that. Uh, yeah. You hope. You think yeah. they'll make. But, you know, the hard thing is, it's just like the end of football season. You know, it, it, it was the last month was brutal. And, um, yeah especially those last two conference games. So even while the season is going on, when you're already looking forward to next year, while this year is still going, that's that's tough. And particularly basketball has 12 games in the SEC tournament to go. That's mm-hmm. a long time to already be thinking about next year. You know, even with football, though, like, it was, like the last quarter of the season was – you know, pretty rough. Uh, but before that, you know, the defense was playing pretty well, there were times, giving you sure. a chance. Yeah. It wasn't like they were just getting stomped. You know, they right. were losing a lot of one possession. I mean, they went to Alabama and lost by, yeah, you know, points. one score. You know, yeah. Ole Miss, one score. Uh, yeah. LSU, one score. I mean, there was, you know, even the BYU game at home was one score. Uh, but, at, you know, Texas A&M was really the only team for a good stretch that I'd say, you know what, they, they beat them pretty soundly, you know, and maybe a little more than what the scoreboard indicated. Um, and, you know, obviously the offensive line was a problem with the, with, the, with, the, with the football team all last year. But it wasn't until that last quarter of the season where you started going, okay, they, they definitely look like they've let go of the rope. You know, the Auburn game obviously was, um, you know, a big one there. So, um, but that's you know, that's, for the most part of the season, it was still like, man, this team stinks. <laughs> you know, they're losing. But they might be able to get the next team. You know, there was still that kind of feeling, even though you knew that they had a lot of problems. Let's talk with Mitch. Mitch, good afternoon. You got a question or comment from Trey. I do, kind of beating a dead horse here. But the whole NIL thing when it comes to the basketball team, um, you know, I guess what we're in our third year. And... Yeah. The first year kind of new. Second year, you had a lot of one and done. This year, you know, you're it, it's kind of the NIL has settled in, and it it seems to me like it's really going to be dependent on the character of the kids now, and and it may change recruiting. And not saying these kids don't have character, but you know, not just playing for the money. And how much, Trey? How much do you think that plays into the whole situation? I think it plays into it. I Thank mean, you, Mitch. I absolutely think it plays into it, and I uh, also think that there are plenty of examples out there, like you said, of schools that bring in a lot of transfers that, um, you know, are doing fine. Uh, you know, Ar- and Arkansas has brought in transfers before and, and has done fine, and, you know, guys that made a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – I don't know – I mean, I could go down a whole tangent here of, of NIL and what needs to change and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I think that that plays a role in it. I also think that, you know, 
Um, I don't think Tremont Mark is um, is healthy. You know, I mean, obviously he he has you know knee soreness. Um, you know, if he he's has knee soreness, then that just kind of also about Brazil or oh sorry, excuse me, not okay. Mark. Sorry. Okay, uh, Trevin Brazil. Um, but it it also you know it kind of tells me that you know he's probably been dealing with it. He seems tentative. You know, he's been hanging out with a three uh, you know on the three point line. He hasn't been the guy that we saw at times last year that were so explosive and uh, you know more aggressive before his injury. And uh, you know, I, I think that there are. You know that that could be holding him back a little bit, but I also think that there are attitude issues on this team, and um, you know, overall, just not just not gelling, just not coming together uh, for whatever reason it happens. But it's just this just isn't this just isn't a group that's working out, and uh, I don't think that's coming any, around the corner. I don't think it's like uh, you know they just need a little more time together. I, I just think it's you know it's it's unfortunate, and it's just kind of where we are. Trey, this uh, is only, I guess you can say, applicable maybe to the returning Arkansas players, especially the ones that we're so familiar with. Uh, I'll use Devo Davis, uh, Mitchell. Uh, I don't know about Graham, but my point is, or, or question would be, living up to their po- living up to yeah. their potential, because I don't I don't see Devo Davis playing only six minutes. And I realized that was a message being sent by Musselman last night to Devo Davis. you got to play hard every second that you're out there. Uh, he didn't play hard every second last night. At least it didn't appear that way. But I think if he more than 3.5 per game average, and I think of, of Mitchell more than you know 1.5 points per game and a block here and this, that, and the other, it seems like so many of these, these players – have not lived up to what is perceived to be their potential. Well, yeah, I mean, or just lived up to what we saw last year from Yeah, them. yeah, know, exactly. Feel Even like that. Is as good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like Devo's as good. It doesn't feel like Mitchell is as good. It doesn't feel like Trevin Brazil is as good. I mean, <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah. And why? why? Why is that? And and how it's it's wild to think too that like you you didn't have Jermon Mark. You didn't have, you know, Battle got banged up in, in the second half. He came back, uh, but he got banged up in the second half. Uh, but you didn't have Mark, and you still were able to have a coach's choice that Debo didn't play in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says a lot right there. And, I mean, you had, what, 10 players play 12 minutes or more? Is that right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And Debo had, I think Debo had eight. Harris, 13, Lawson, 5, Battle, 27, Minifield, 24, uh, Brazil, 12, Ellis, 23, Pinion, 21, Davenport, Davenport, 15, Graham, 12, Blocker, 17, Bayfall, 6. Okay, so nine players that played at least 12 minutes. Um yeah, that's a lot for Musselman. Even yeah. even in in this age when he's playing different players and trying to different experiments, it is still for the most part been like seven guys that are seeing double figures uh, in minutes. And, and you know you got guys that are getting five or six or whatever or three, and it almost seems like at times where he's like, uh, what did Harris have last night? Randy, you got it. Harris had uh, thirteen minutes eight seconds. He was one of one from the floor. One rebound and one block shot. Yeah, I mean we have barely seen him all year, and uh, you know I think he played maybe the last game too. But uh, you know it's just they can't seem to. He and you know he'll start a guy and then you know take him as like he almost decides. You know okay, you know you're not giving it, so you're you're not going to play the rest of the game. We've seen that happen at times too. I I can't imagine the level of frustration with a guy that's used to having success and used to, you know, having teams get better, which they almost always have done under him, um, to be dealing with this right now. It's got to be maddening for Musselman. And um, I'm probably, I'm, I guarantee you he's not sleeping right now. I guarantee you he's closing his eyes and it's just, you know, things flashing in front of his eyes with different ideas and, um, you know, and we know he gets up early anyway. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of sleepless nights for him. Yeah, and that pool house probably doesn't feel good either. 
Uh, this from our Gangster Museum of America Life and Feedback Woodstock says, Trey, do you think the football team's coaching staff is set? Are there any coaches that could be on the move away from Fayetteville? There's been some talk about South Carolina possibly showing interest in Scott Fountain. And to be honest, I haven't looked at the latest on that today, but I did reach out some sources yesterday um, out in South Carolina, and you know they said it wouldn't surprise them if if they had maybe talked, but kind of thinks that South Carolina might opt to go for uh, adding another defensive coach. Hmm. Wow, that'd be the third coach that they would poach. It's like it's like every time there's an opening at South Carolina, yeah. uh, well, <laughs> Jimmy Smith or Scott yeah. Fountain or Dal yeah. Loggins or mm. uh, John Scott Jr. was another one that went over there. Justin Stepp, you know, um, Jamil Walker. <laughs> so uh, it, it seems to uh, it's it's weird how that dynamic has kind of have formed. And then of course you you know you have Rocket Sanders there this year, and then Trey Knox went there last year. It's uh, definitely kind of bizarre because it, it doesn't seem to be being reciprocated the other way. Just yeah, and it's not even a border state where you're talking about no. something happening next door. Boss Hog says uh, end zone fumble. It goes to the opposing team because the ball is fumbled out of the opposing team's end zone. No, Boss Hog, that's just the rule. Um, and it does happen to go out in the opposing team's end zone. I do know there was, there has been, it has revived the talk, just like it was uh, when whoever had the ball first in the NFL, first overtime, uh, whoever scored first won. Well, of course, they've now changed that unless it's a touchdown. Uh, at least the opposing team could match, in this case, a yeah. field goal. That was also a harsh way to decide the outcome of yeah. the game. You yeah. battled all game and you, you didn't even get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing that that's part of possibly uh, seeing if they can't modify that. Maybe the ball, if it's fumbled out of the end zone, comes out to the one-yard line, something like that. Uh, or at least the point where the ball was fumbled. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Heather Baker, president and publisher of AY Media Group here in Arkansas. We publish two of the biggest and most widely read magazines in the entire state, AY Magazine and Arkansas Money and Politics. At AY and Arkansas Money and Politics, we keep you up to date on all the news you need to know and the stories you want to hear. Visit us online at AYMag.com and ARMoneyandPolitics.com to see for yourself. Now more than ever, it is important to be mindful of where you get your news and support your local businesses. With AY Media Group, you get the best of both worlds. Well, now all the decorations are down and you're looking around thinking we really ought to freshen up the place it's a new year and the best time to save at lazy boy the inventory overstock sale is here upgrade every room in your home hot buys all over the store fabric recliners starting at 399 leather recliners only 799 stop by lazy boy home furnishings and decor for their inventory overstock sale up to 50 percent off store wide shackle for galleries of little rock long live the lazy hi i'm jacob Jones. From now until February 29th, shop at Jones & Son during our 0% finance event. That's right. All purchases from now until the end of February are eligible for 18-month 0% financing. From our very own Jones & Son Couture Collection to Michael M., we have every shape and size of ring in store, featuring Arkansas's largest designer engaged ring selection. Get a low monthly payment when you finance with special 18-month zero-interest financing at Jones & Son. Shop online at jonesandson.com. Did you know Arch Marine is the kayak leader in central Arkansas? Right now, get 20% off all feel-free kayaks. All the prices are falling on kayaks this month. Don't forget, we repair ATVs. Your granddaddy trusted Arch Marine, and so can you. Guadney Chevrolet presents Devo Davis each week when he gets in the zone with Justin and Wes. Guadney Chevrolet, just off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Or check out their selection of new and used vehicles at GuadneyChevrolet.com. The Bucks are back. At the 34th Annual Reliance Bank Arkansas Big Buck Classic presented by Oaklawn, January 26th through 28th at the State Fairgrounds. You could win a lifetime hunting license, a Browning A-Bolt rifle, or a $1,000 gift card from Hunter's Refuge. The Taka Hunting Gear Game and Fish Foundation Free Kids Zone, including a trout pond, hoverball, buana gym, and more. Hunters, bring your antlers for your chance to win a Tracker Off-Road 800SX from Bradford Marine and ATV. Rattlesnakes, chainsaw carving, birds of prey, monster trucks, and the Oaklawn Big Buck Chili Cook-Off. The Reliance Bank Arkansas Big Buck Classic. 
Classic presented by Oaklawn. Tree stands, clothing, RVs, ATVs, UTVs, ammo, and more. Hundreds of vendors with huge discounts. It's a Hall of Fame event and an Arkansas tradition. January 26th through 28th at the State Fairgrounds. Sponsored by Reliance Bank, Oaklawn Hot Springs, Arkansas, Bradford Marine and ATV, Tracker Off-Road, Hunter's Refuge, Remington, Taka Hunting Gear, Outlaw Beer, and 103.7 The Buzz. Visit BigBuckClassic.com and Facebook for more info. Is your marriage over? Assets? Debts? Custody? For divorces, hire the Lions. There's no one better to protect your pride than our pride of legal Lions. Exceptional communication and exceptional results in both the negotiating room and the courtroom. Lions Legal, the legal pride of Arkansas. Call 227-ROAR and Lion Legal will come roaring to the rescue. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. Be a part of the game plan. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. I love learning from the pros. And I'm speaking of someone such as Chris Turnage. Because when Chris wants to close a deal, he takes that client to the Riverfront Steakhouse in North Little Rock. And the client is so overwhelmed by so much food that's placed in front of him, he's thinking it's a feast. I mean, good gracious, a king's feast. And what Chris has done in his wisdom is he's bought the dinner for two, for 60 bucks. Because he can take that client through one time, which is usually sufficient, but he could take it through the salad bar line and then take him again. And the client would think, good Christ, I can't, I can't handle all this food. And then the entree arrives. And then Chris hands over, well, it's already on another plate. But it, they, they divvy up the 10-ounce uh, filet. So the client's thinking again, man, this can't get any better than this. And then, even though tightwad Chris... He'll spring for an additional four of the Frank Fletcher fried shrimp, which are hand-sized to begin with. And the client again thinks this is, I mean, I've never had anything better than this. And then he gets really big, Chris does, and he says, let's pick two side items. What would you like? He doesn't say to share. He just says, let's pick out two side items. What would you like? And the client says, I think I'll go with the tabachi fried rice with chicken. He said, then Chris says, I think I'll go with the baked potato. That way we can share that. It's bigger than a NFL football. You learn from the pros. And then he walks out of there. That is Chris with a satisfied client. And he only spent like 60 bucks. Because it's dinner for two for 60. Where? Wyndham Hotel. In North Little Rock, Riverfront Steakhouse, three seven one nine thousand. Ask for uh, good old Shapur, and you will not be disappointed. That's the Wyndham Hotel in North Little Rock, Riverfront Steakhouse, three seven one nine thousand. And we are joined by that NFL agent and guru, Chris Turnage. What's up, buddy? Hey guys, yeah, and on that, uh, you know, on that dinner for two, uh, Randy, I just got out of the receipt, so they think I spent a lot more than. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear? You? Well, you're yo-yoing, right? Yeah, there. you're kind of cutting in and out yeah. a little bit, yeah. Right. yeah. I don't know. I'm on, if yeah, I'm on the Thailand, it's weird. Are you, you traveling? So good uh, lately. Yeah. Um, no, I'm stationary. Oh, uh, there you go. There right. you go. Very good. Don't move from that spot. Yeah. There we go. Does that work? Yeah. Don't Stay move from that spot. Yeah. You're right. How okay. That? <laughs> so what do you think, Chris? Debo Samuel's going to play for San Francisco. You have inside information because you've got players on the 49ers. 
I think he is going to play, but I don't think he's going to be 100%. Um, I do think you'll see him out there for some. At least at least that's what I'm kind of hearing right now, but it's not going to be the full. How does that affect their offense against Detroit? Can they still have enough offense to win? They can, but you know I saw a crazy stat with wins losses with Debo and wins losses without Debo. Um, I don't remember, unfortunately, off the top of my head, but it was a dramatic difference. In fact, I think they were a losing record uh, without Debo, and it is uh, he is a big, big part of what they do. Just because they move him around so much, you see him out of the backfield, they move him to the slot, move him to the outside. And he's very, very tough cover for defenses. So uh, I think they would have enough offense without Debo, but I think it takes away a huge weapon and, a, and kind of one of those safety blankets for Brock Purdy. Who's his backup? I mean, who, who would be there in Number 14. Yeah, he'd have Johnson or Jawan. I think it's Jawan Johnson. He's a bigger bigger receiver. He's not near the, the shifty kind of mm. uh, running back, even hybrid that, that Debo is. But... Um, uh, that's that's who you would have, and and um, he is he is taller, he's bigger, uh, he's like a six five target, uh, but he's not near the offensive weapon that Debo is. But you still have obviously Christian McCaffrey, you've still got yeah. George Kittle, you've still got Brandon Ayuk, yeah. you've still got Kyle Uzcheck, who I think will, you'll see him make some some plays uh, come Sunday, and so. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. I, this is one of my favorite days of the year in regards to football because usually the games are, are pretty good, and I think you're going to see two good games. Do you have anybody on the Detroit Lions? Is there, can you pull for them? I mean, they've never been to the Super Bowl. I, I'm kind of secretly pulling for the Detroit Lions. I don't have anybody on there this year. I've had them in the past, but I, I like Dan Campbell a lot. He and I have had some interactions back when he was he coached for the Dolphins. Um, he was the interim head coach. And then for the Saints, and, and he and I had a lot of discussions about different players at that point. He's very, very nice. Um, I do like him a lot. I think it would be a great story um, if Detroit won. Um, obviously, uh, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all if San Francisco wins because of some clients there, but uh, but it would be a great story for Detroit. When he took that job, he made it plain. That's his goal, and most people probably laughed at him because uh, Detroit never gets that far. But it, what has he done to get them to this level? You know, I, I think it, he is—he is so fiery. He is so intense. I don't know if you guys watched Hard Knocks at all last year when they did the Lions on Hard Knocks, but you know when the, the players would miss something, they had to get down and do up downs. Dan Campbell's right there doing the up downs with them. Um, he makes the coaches join in. Um, it, it's just that belief I think of his. He walks in that, hey, you know, we're not an underdog to anybody. We're about to bite their kneecaps off, as he says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're coming in and, and we can beat them. And I think it's just that that belief, that attitude, that spirit that you know players really. Uh, like it resonates with, and then and let me say too, Brad Holmes, the GM there, came from the Rams, kind of grew up in the Rams system, um, came over, and that's why he was very comfortable. Jared Goff, he liked Jared Goff when he came over, um, and Brad Holmes has done a remarkable job of building this roster, drafting it. I mean, you look at some of their picks with Aiden Hutchinson, who's an absolute beast on the D line, will be Pro Bowler for years to come. Jameer Gibbs, who people are like, why are they taking Jameer Gibbs so high? I distinctly remember Mel Kuyper and some of those guys on draft day. And you look at what Jameer Gibbs has done. You look at their tight end. Um, you know, he's leading leading rookie tight end um, in the entire NFL. I mean, it, he has done a remarkable job of drafting. You know, Brad Holmes has of putting some talent around and then Dan Campbell coaching him up. Chris, when it when it comes to Drake Greenlaw, I know you signed a deal with him what a couple of years ago. Uh, is there any part of that contract that rewards him for the effort like he had last weekend with the two interceptions against Green Bay? So he has some incentives in there. Uh, this upcoming year will be the last year of that deal. So hopefully, we'll see if San Fran wants to try to extend him out a little early but uh there's nothing particularly randy that would say you know um if you make certain plays like that but he's he's he does have some incentives you know based on like play time based on um if he makes the pro bowl some of those type of things um but he he was absolutely a game changer last week um you know and the only thing i was screaming was get down when he he thought he think too much of a running back um when he had the ball and uh wanted to wanted to showcase his old uh ball skills you know from when he was safety and um those type of things back at, at fayetteville but um no he he absolutely had had a monster game and he's an integral part of that defense for them can we just interject that 
when you're paid well and you're playing the NFL, that's what you're supposed to do. Why would you? Oh, you got an interception. Give him some more money. Good grief. But no, if it's in the contract. That, right? I ask if it was in the <laughs> contract. But if you make an interception in a playoff game, you get more money? Yeah. Good it means grief. more. Oh, my gosh. In the SEC, it means more. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Okay, what I, what I was going to ask, I'm really surprised Rick started uh, with Debo as compared to maybe the uh, ongoing picture that's starting to take place now in the National Football League with some of the coaching hires. Harbaugh, Chargers. Today, Morris, Rakeem Morris, he's going to the Atlanta Falcons. So what does that do to Bill Belichick? You know, it's interesting. I had heard, and I think we talked about it last week, Rick and I did, that you know the job was going to be Belichick's if he wanted it. Hmm. And I don't know if Belichick could get comfortable with their system, meaning they weren't they were going to keep a lot of their people in place their gm their other people in place and not going to give you know full power and i don't know if belichick could get comfortable and maybe that made atlanta sour on him i don't i don't know exactly but i do know at one point it was going to be belichick's job if he wanted it so you go with raheem morris you know less need gm of the rams came out very very vocally talked about raheem deserves another shot um sean mcveigh with the rams was very vocal about that as well I've had a lot of players play for Raheem over the years. I absolutely love him. The question is, he wasn't very good when he was a head coach before. How much has he learned? How much has he been able to change? And, and can he make those those changes now um, with a you know with a pretty talented Atlanta roster, but obviously lacking a, a true good quarterback? So there's only two jobs left. Do you think that uh, Belichick's going to be in a TV booth somewhere? Although <laughs> that would that would. Be- a real change from his uh, media personality, but uh, my gosh, if they could get him to talk, he'd be very insightful, wouldn't he? He he would. I'll tell you, he, he's actually way different when you just talk to have a conversation than he is with the media. You know, I mean, he's very very different. Um, I do think he would provide some really cool insight for people in terms of especially X's and O's and different thoughts if he did that. Um, you know, I'll say this: you might see Belichick do get passed up this year but i i would bet you money if he does he will absolutely be back coaching again next year um again he wants the record bad you know he wants to prove he can still coach so i think if he ends up taking a year hiatus that you know he'll certainly be back you know washington was rumored initially to be very very interested um i don't know that belichick reciprocated that early on um and i think it was pretty telling you know belichick had only interviewed twice with the Falcons and hadn't interviewed with anybody else. Hmm. I think some of that was Belichick. I think some of that was the other teams. But um, it's very, very, uh, very, very telling. And, you know, he's being selective. So I don't know if it happens this year or not, but I do think you'll see him back um, at some point. Wow. If he comes back, he'd be 73 years old. But I I guess you can do that. And and that's an okay age. So it's all right. So wouldn't it be interesting if you got – one NFL game on Fox and one on CBS at the same time, and Tom Brady's on one and Belichick's on the other. Mm. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That'd be very. And then you know, they'd be re- with they'd... Pete Carroll. Pete, I'd heard Pete Carroll made do TV. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry, anyway, I was going to say I'll bet both those guys would be looking well, Pete at the Carroll, Yeah, Pete Carroll might do TV. He, yeah. To see who has better ratings. Yeah, exactly. that's yeah. right. I have better ratings than Belichick, <laughs> or I have better ratings than Brady. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, Brady's better looking. I think he'd probably win that deal. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, he'd have to <laughs> forego his hoodie. Uh, does he have any other clothes besides well, uh, the hoodie? It also depends on which ne- which game the chief, which network the Chiefs are on, because the Swifties are watching that game. That adds to the ratings. <laughs> oh my All right, Chris, hang on. We've got one more segment with our NFL agent. And Guru Chris Turnage, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, Drive Time Sports. We'll continue. NFL legend Dan Hampton joins Morning Mayhem each week for a little football talk, courtesy of Metro Towing and Recovery and Central Termite and Pest Control. 
It's trade-in time at Guatney Chevrolet. Kick off the new year in style and comfort with the 2024 Chevy Equinox. Yours for just $23,999 with a qualifying trade-in. Or the iconic Chevy Silverado. Snag it for under $48,000 with your trade-in. Visit GuatneyChevrolet.com or stop by and see us at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville to learn more. We'll see you soon. Chevrolet, together let's drive. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in their New Year's Auto Loan Special. Listen close, offer ends January 31st. 3.99% interest on 22, 23, and 24 models. No payments for 90 days or up to 84 months financing. Don't delay. The Alcoa Community FCU New Year's Auto Loan Special with rates as low as 3.99% ends January 31st. Get pre-approved online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. Serving Celine, Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-285-5280. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today. Day at 800-285-5280 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-285-5280 to see if you qualify. That's 800-285-5280. Tune in every Monday night at 7 during basketball season for the Eric Musselman Show. Coach will break down gameplay and strategy. Brought to you by Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealership. The all-new Genesis of Conway, now open at 1075 Collier Drive. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota compact tractors. Rated number one in durability and owner experience. Designed for easy operation and feature performance match detachments. Right now at participating dealers, get a Kubota compact tractor for zero down. Zero APR for up to 84 months, plus save up to $300 on select equipment. Stop by River Valley Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com forward slash disclaimers for full disclaimer. At Eat My Catfish, fall is our favorite time of the year, and football season isn't the only thing making a comeback. Available now, our famous shrimp gumbo and Cajun boudin balls make their return to the menu. Order online at eatmycatfish.com. Eat local, eat fresh, eat my catfish. Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. When you're on the road, we're the voices inside your head. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. The financial professionals at First Security are big fans of Arkansas. And that's because they're Arkansas-owned and Arkansas-focused. They take care of communities just like they take care of customers. Now, whatever better means to you... You're going to find more of it at First Security. As Arkansas's community bank, First Security is all about taking care of customers and making life better right here in Arkansas. So more people can buy a home, run a business, and a whole lot more. Check them out at fsbank.com. That's First Security Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender only in Arkansas. That's First Security Bank. And again, we're joined by our NFL agent and guru, Chris Turnage, along with Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Uh, let's see, Chris, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line from the 870. I've always thought the fumble into the end zone rule is to discourage players from stretching the ball to the goal line, which entices hard slash late hits. I still think it's too harsh of a penalty. You know, he's actually exactly right, guys. Um, when they talked about previously on stretching, 
like that play there in Philly. And so that's exactly why the penalty was initially implemented. I do think it's extremely harsh, but that's the reason is they wanted to have some type of risk-reward if you're going to go um, with that type of play, whether it's diving or just stretching in, then you have to understand you might lose it, and if it goes out of the end zone, the side or the back, uh, it goes to the other team. So that's exactly correct. Do you see him changing that, Chris, modifying that? It's been several years where they review the rule, come up years. Um, they have definitely discussed it times. Okay. It's like we were cutting out a little bit yep. there. We're struggling there with uh, Chris. So uh, Ooh, this... I haven't I haven't moved from earlier. I don't know. Uh oh. <laughs> Okay. All right, we'll see if we can get through this. There's one. A, I guess, delay. Yeah, there you go. Hey, let's ask about Jim Harbaugh. I know he's a he was a good NFL coach and he's a great coach at Michigan. Do you think do you think Michigan's actually relieved that he went to the Chargers and how well do you think he'll do there? I I don't think they're relieved. I I wouldn't use that word at all. I know there was, you know, some turmoil and investigations at Michigan. At the same time, he won a championship and he's beat Ohio State uh, more than any Michigan coach in the last 20 years. Um, so I, I think they absolutely wanted him back. They would have you know, done almost whatever to keep him. Uh, but I do think he's going to be good in the NFL. If you look at his record previously with San Francisco, um, overall it was, it was, you've got Justin Herbert, um, most passing yards in the first three years of a career. Uh, that is a great merit uh, win with the Chargers. Well, you know, Chris, interesting you're saying that because Harbaugh uh, had, now these are reports, okay, so I have no knowledge how accurate they are, but uh, one of the things his lawyers, Harbaugh's uh, lawyers were angling at is no more punishment if the NCAA uh wants to continue to push this stealing the signs and really about some improper recruiting that went on apparently back during COVID. He wanted that language put into his contract. They they either wouldn't fire him or they wouldn't suspend him for a number of games. Initially, Michigan balked at it. And then supposedly at the last minute, they were ready to concede to it. But by that time, it was too late. And Michigan, I mean, uh, Harbaugh had moved on to uh, um, the Chargers. What do you think would have happened if they could have come to agreement? You, I, I'm, I'm thinking this man was intent on getting back to the National Football League. And maybe that was valid or not that he might have worn that language in there. But i got to believe this guy was gone. Yeah, I, I think he was at least going to explore the options, even if Michigan had agreed to those terms earlier. I think Harbaugh was still going to explore the NFL option because I think that's kind of calling him back. And, and he, he wants to be one of the few guys, I think there's three, that have won a national championship and a Super Bowl. And I think he wants to add to that list um, and be the fourth. Uh, it's such a unique situation in the history of sports, and I think Harbaugh absolutely wants to do that and has his sights set on that. Let's talk with Tony. Tony, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Chris? Yes, I do. I'll try to make it quick and short. Uh, I actually have two questions. My first one being that uh, Mr. Harbaugh is now coaching in San Diego where he initially started his uh, pro debut career as a quarterback and drafted by the Chargers. Uh, do you think that, uh, do you know what his salary was when he came into the league back then? Uh, it's probably a strict question there. And also, as far as Razorbacks that are going into the draft this year, uh, what do you project some of them guys going there? Have you heard any interest in those guys? And would Jim Harbaugh's rookie card be worth anything? Because I do have one, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Tony. All right. So, yeah, that's three questions. And remember, the Chargers are now. I'm still on Diego Chargers. But um, you know, keep in mind, too, he started his college He's got. I don't know off the top of the head he was making uh, his contract. I suspect it was some. 
things have changed, obviously, a lot. I can tell you this. Um, we rode the snapper for the Indianapolis Colts. When we did that deal for him, his second deal, he became the highest-paid long snapper in the history of the NFL. And his contract matched what Jim Kelly's contract was in the 80s um, coming out. And, and Luke was getting a little over $2 million, um average per year. Uh, but Jim Kelly was obviously drafted very, very highly. So um, it's crazy to where times have come. But I think Harbaugh probably would have been around that 300 range um, per year. Uh, second question, Razorbacks in the draft. There are several um, who are going to have an opportunity to get drafted. Uh, Bo Limmer is going to participate in the Senior Bowl next week, uh, which is obviously a high honor. Um, you had Cam Little, who has a chance to get drafted. He'll be at the East-West Shrine game this week. This is the first time they've allowed juniors to participate um, in the All-Star games. And so uh, he will put on a good show and, and has a chance, certainly, but it'll be between him and Will Reichard from Alabama and Josh Carty from Stanford to be see who the top kicker will be. And you've got guys like Brady Latham, uh, who participated in the Hula Bowl last week, got very, very good results there. Um, so I think uh, you'll see, you know, maybe one or two get drafted, um, and then probably another four or five uh, signed contracts after the draft. What about Dwight McLaughlin? What are you hearing on him? McLaughlin's also playing in the East-West Shrine this week. Um, they they reported today, actually, and it's at the Star uh, in Texas, at the Cowboys practice facility. So for the first time ever down there, it moved from Vegas uh, to the Star, so that will be pretty good. The concern with McLaughlin is his outright speed. Does he have the long speed? At the same time, you know, scouts love his ball skills. He's always around the ball. He's always making kind of plays. They just question the actual athleticism. So testing is going to be uh, extremely important for him, the pro day and or the combine if he has an invite. That's going to be extremely, extremely important, you know, for him to be able to showcase that. Uh, just real quick, everyone seems to be drooling over the 49ers, not giving Detroit any credit for what they've got and what they've done this year. If anyone thinks Dan Campbell and the boys are coming to lay down and die, they're out of their minds. Lions will bring the dogfight. After all these miserable years, we deserve this. Go Lions. I wonder if that came from the pigskin preacher. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, by the way, because we only got Chris another minute, how about uh, how about Kansas City and Baltimore? Kansas City won on the road. Can they win in Baltimore? And there's two great quarterbacks going against each other. Absolutely, yeah. You know, Kansas City's an underdog again, three-and-a-half-point underdog to Baltimore on the road again. Everybody said, he, you know, Patrick Mahomes couldn't do it on the road. He did it last week against Buffalo. They're stepping up a notch in competition. Uh, Baltimore's number one defense is is obviously a little bit more stout than uh, than uh, Buffalo's. But I think that's going to be a fabulous game. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think you're going to see both quarterbacks have a really good day. I remember, Chris, uh, not thinking that highly of Baltimore. They might be about in the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're right. I, I I didn't think they were going to be shoe-ins. I, I did say that, Rick. You're exactly right. Uh, but they are they are a good team, for sure. <laughs> All right, Chris. We'll talk with you next week. That's Chris Turner, our NFL Thanks, guys. agent and guru. Coming up next, Joe's opinion. Hello, folks. It's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars. And the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has.